in the pottery class that was pretty as a speckled puppy. Say amen. And I felt the Lord leading me to take that class with her. And and I got in there and 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 I thought I was gonna make ashtrays or something. I didn't know. I hadn't I never been in pottery and and the first thing we had to do was stick our hands down in a barrel about that big of nothing but nasty old mud. I said, man, I, wanna, I, I, just want, I just want to make a pot or something. You know, I don't want to, you know. It starts in the mud. That's the finding place. God found me, not on the top shelf. God didn't find me at Macy's. God didn't find, they preach right there. God did not find me in a, listen, in that, that high dollar store. God did not find me there. God found me in an old mud hole. In my sin. In my, amen, say amen. And if you think God found you anywhere else, you're just kidding yourself. The finding place. But then when, when, when we got, then when, when we got that, that mud shaped where it needed to be in the form that the potter wanted it to be. I'm having fun, and I just got this outline a while ago. Some of you are wondering why God's bending you and breaking you like he is. You're wondering why all these things are happening. Well, the potter's just getting you in the form. And just when you think you got it all together and God's not going to bend on you no more, you know where you go? In the fire. But boy, when you come out, say amen. That's good stuff. Did y'all write that down? I'll forget that by the time I get through preaching. Did y'all write that? You got all right, amen. Let's all stand. Everybody stand. Y'all think I'm kidding. I'm going to preach that, Amen. Finding place. Amen. The finished product. I, where are we at today? Luke somewhere? Luke 14. Everybody turn to Luke 14 and verse number 16. I wanted to. I wanted to talk about discipleship. We've been, we've been covering on Wednesday nights trying to uh, get a good understanding get a good understanding about why we are here and what this church is about. Everybody's got their idea about what church is for, uh, what church ought to do, and, and as far as uh, the programs and all that kind of stuff. But you can, basically, uh, you can basically narrow it down to one thing. God commanded the church to make disciples. That's, that's it. That's the deal. It's all in a nutshell. God said, go and make disciples. Would you all say amen in the choir? Go and make disciples. What is a disciple? A disciple is basically a person that loves God, loves people, and serves both. If you want to narrow it down, that's the, that's the best way to do it. The disciple loves God, loves people. You get that from the great, uh, the great commandment, which is love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, and all thy mind. Uh, then he says, go into the world and, and teach all nations. Uh, then we, we know that's talking about going and making disciples. You are there to love God, love people, and serve both. So we are here to do that. Now I, I wanted to preach on that this morning because we are a disciple factory. A disciple factory. Uh, cheese factories make, a chair factory makes, a church is a factory that makes disciples. Now the question is, we got to know, well, what is our business? We, our business is to make disciples. 
to produce disciples, produce people who are, have developed a love for God, they are learning a love for others, and they are in the process of serving both. That's what our job is. That is our business. There's two questions we ask. What is our business, and how is business? Are we accomplishing that? Are we accomplishing, when people leave this place, are they becoming more like Christ? Are they in the process of becoming a disciple? I didn't say a Christian, I said a disciple. I'm not saying a saved person, I'm talking about a bona fide follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we're supposed to do. And I begin to study that in this particular chapter because this is what uh, Jesus is dealing with. Well, you ever been, you ever been, uh, you know, stirring around the dinner table and you planned on getting to that other dish over there but you got hung up in the one you was in? Well, that's what happened in this deal. I, I was, I, 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 I read before and, and I wanted to preach what was after but so I was going to put it both together and preach both of them. So I titled it From Deliverance to Discipleship. But I got so many, I got so many side items under deliverance that we'll talk about that this morning and we'll talk about discipleship tonight. So I want you to come back tonight, all right? Let's look in Luke chapter number 14 and verse number, uh, verse number uh, 15. Verse number 15. When you get there, say amen. Jesus is at a supper. Jesus is at a supper and, and he is teaching them some principles to live by, teaching them some principles to, to uh, obey. And, and, a, and a young man comes up to him, and, he, and he, he says this question in verse 15. And when one of them that sat at meat with him heard these things, he said unto him, Blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Now, basically what he's saying, Alabama turns to, Boy, won't it be good when we get to heaven? Man, won't it be a wonderful thing when we're in heaven? Well, watch Jesus' response. Then said he unto him, A certain man made a great supper, and bade many. And he sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make... Mm. Dr. E.V. Hill said that is a lie wrapped in laziness, is what that word is. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground. And I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I've married a wife. And I'm going to just tell you, I can't come. That was the most honest dude in the story. Say amen. He didn't make no excuse. He just said, I ain't coming. Amen. My, the truth is in God's word. Amen. Say amen, Shane. Say amen. He said in in verse 21, So that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in hither the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. The servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded I studied this out and had a shouting fit, and yet, pop, there's room. I'm glad there's room at the cross for you. Amen. (laughs) And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be, for I say unto you, 
I say unto you, none, how many? None of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your mercy. I need your help, Lord. You gave me the outline, now give me the anointing to preach it. Lord, we'll praise you and thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I, I, I told you I, I wanted to go more into the topic of discipleship, uh, but you can't be a disciple till you get saved. And, and, and Brother Meherg, it seems to me that the Lord is making a big distinction between being saved and being a disciple. I heard a preacher say, I heard a preacher say this week that uh, uh, being a Christian is being a disciple. You cannot be saved, and, or excuse me, uh, you cannot be saved and not be a disciple. Well, I don't believe that. He said when it comes to the supper, he said, I want my house filled. There's no requirement, there's no responsibility, there's no anything, everything's been taken care of. Just come and take part of this supper. I believe that's talking about salvation. You just come. But then in the next few verses, he said, if any man will follow me. There's an if there. So there's stipulations that's there when it comes to discipleship. But we see first, in the first uh, portion of Scripture we just read, he's talking about deliverance. He's talking about a great supper. A young man came to him and said, man, it will be great when we get to heaven. Well, we're going to eat supper in heaven. Won't that be wonderful? And he was so confident and so convinced that he was going to heaven. Well, the Lord begins to tell him a story to prove a point. Jesus did that all the time because he was illustrating the deal that he has come up with. Do you realize Jesus always had problems with religious Jewish people? The biggest problems he ever had was not with the thieves in the street. It was not with the crooked. It was not with the whoremongers. It was not with the sinful. It was always with the religious crowd. It was those that were so confident in their religion and they had no idea who he was. Now, here's the point. Here's the point, and then I'm going to apply it to what we're living today. Jesus is saying this. We have the Jewish nation here. The Bible says in John chapter number 1, He came into His own and His own received Him not. Is that not what the Bible says? Jesus came to the Jewish people and they would not have Him. So now Jesus is trying to share something with Him. Basically, if you want to put it in these terms, He's trying to say, Son, I wouldn't be so confident in what I, was, I, I had in my pocket. I would not be so confident with the ticket that I had that I thought was going to get me to heaven. And let me tell you a story and tell you why. He said there was a man. A man who made a great supper and bade many. Now, here's the deal. In that day, to really understand the story and the significance of this, you've got to understand culture. In that day, uh, uh, when I first read this story, I, I had the impression and I had the thought that he, he said, okay, I'm going to have a party, now y'all come on. That's not the way this happened. Because that is not the way that they did it in that day. Uh, listen, in that day, a man would go out and say, I'm going to have a supper, I'm going to have a party, I'm going to have a, 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 a shindig, I'm going to have this deal. Would you come? Would you come? And listen, determining on that person whether he said yes or no, but he would confirm it so he would know how many animals to sacrifice, excuse me, how many animals to kill to prepare for the supper. 
There was no refrigerators. There was no uh, uh, Kroger. There was no WDG. They took out of the field what they were going to prepare for the meal. So he would send the servant out and said, would you come? Yes, okay. And that's one. Would you come? Yes, okay. That's, and he would get the number, and according to the number, that's how many people, excuse me, that's how many animals would be killed to prepare the meal for the supper. Are y'all with me so far? I know I'm setting the table, but we're going somewhere with this. He would get it all confirmed. He would get it all confirmed. And then, when it was all ready, the servant would go and say, Okay, it's all ready. Now, y'all, come on. It's all right. And they said, Well, you know, I, 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 I can't come now. Do y'all get it now? You say, What has that got to do with the Jewish people? If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Three things I want to share with you. I want you to share the invitation. The second thing that we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about the invitation. We're going to talk about uh, 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 the indifference. And then we're going to talk about the indignation. But the first thing I want you to talk about is the invitation. The invitation. What about this invitation? I want you to see, if you're taking notes, write this down. I want you to see the distinction of this invitation. What is so special about this invitation? We need to understand, just like I said, it was a pre-arranged invitation. This was not something that came by night. This was not something that just come up in a moment's time. Brother Meherg, it was pre-arranged. It was already pre-ordered. It was already pre-organized. It was not something this man just come up with a moment of time. It was already, in other words, they already knew it was going to take place. They already knew it. What's that got to do with the Jewish people? Well, from, listen, from Adam to Abraham, from the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, all the way to the prophets, God was saying, Emmanuel is coming. The Messiah is coming. There is coming somebody. Listen, out of a dry ground, God's going to bring up a Messiah. God's going to bring up a Savior. God's going to bring up a Deliverer. The Messiah is coming. From Genesis to Malachi, the Messiah is coming. The Messiah is coming. The Jewish people knew He was on the way. The Jewish people knew God's promise. They knew that there was a Messiah coming. But when He came, came into his own, and his own received him not. That's what this story is saying. He said, you knew about the invitation. You agreed to the invitation. We gave it out. Listen, we went and we confirmed it, and that's why we, listen, that's why we prepared the meal that we had prepared. The Bible said it was a great supper. There were many that was coming. There was many that had said, yes, we will be there. But when the time came, are you all with me? Now, what's that got to do with us today? I'm here to tell you today that God has made a great supper. God has, listen, he has put out a great invitation. What are you saying? It is a prearranged invitation. The Bible says that before the foundations of the earth, God sacrificed His Son for you. What are you saying? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting.
everlasting life. Before I ever told my first lie, before I ever stole anything, before I ever did anything wrong, God had already prearranged the fiction for my problem. Thank God He's got it all under control. God has got an invitation for you. If you're here today and you're lost and you don't know Him, I guarantee you this, God prepared your place a long time ago. It doesn't matter who you are. doesn't matter where you've been. doesn't matter what you've done. God has already prepared the fix for your problem. He has already prepared the payment for your sin. There has been a prearranged invitation. God will take care of your need. Listen, the distinction... Of this invitation. It went out long ago. It was something they already knew about. God knew you would sin when you got here. So he prepared something that you needed. Before you ever knew who he was. Hallelujah. Listen it was a prearranged invitation. But then I want you to see this number two. Not only do we see the distinction of this invitation. But I want you to see the desire. The desire of this invitation. Verse number, verse number 23. When you get there, say amen. Oh, there's more people in here than that. Verse 23, say amen. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be Y'all know I grew up a pastor's son. My dad used to preach this, this particular text. And he'd say, compel means to hog tie. Hog tie. Drag them in. Run them in. Push them in. Listen, let, listen, bring them in. Screaming and scratching, but get them in. You know the point he was making? Do whatever you got to do to get them in. Do whatever you got to do. It's amazing. It's amazing. When you see, when you see firemen... Firemen, firemen, they're not, they're not real delicate. Are y'all with me? If there is a house on fire, how many of y'all ever seen a house burn down? How many of y'all have ever burnt one down? No, okay, don't, don't answer that one. Hang on a minute, don't answer that, amen? Man, I've watched firemen, I'm, you know, I'm, I was an arsonist in another life. I'm telling you, I love fire. I, I'm telling you, I could watch, I, I, there was a, a barn burning down on 278 way out, Almost, almost to, to Addison one, one day, me and, 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 and a, a coon hunting buddy of mine, we was riding by, and this barn, I mean, there was fire coming out. We stopped, and we were sitting there looking. I mean, we were sitting there looking at fire, and a volunteer fireman come up. He was about 122 years old. He come up in this truck, and the truck was about 140 years old. And it, listen, he pulled up there, and I'm sitting here. I mean, I'm admiring the fire. And he comes over there and brings a hose, and he said, okay. And I'm, I, I said, he's, we're going to put it out. I said, Why? I'm sitting here holding this hose, and I thought I was going to hold it till he got back over there, and I was going to give it back to him, and I'm holding the hose, and he runs back to the truck and hollers, Here it comes! Here what comes? And I see this big old thing coming down that hose. And man, I'm sitting there, I got this hose, and it comes out and shoots into that fire, and I don't know if you've ever done this before, but when that, 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 that water hit that fire, it turned to steam immediately. And that fire blew back out of there all the <laughs> I'm dying. I mean, I'm just dying, rolling on it. I said, stop, dropping, roll. I didn't know what to do. I mean, I was about to kill me. I couldn't see nothing. My eyes was burning. There was fog. I said, if I ever find that 100-year-old man, I'm going to whoop him today, right now. I mean, this fire is running crazy. And they're tearing things up, 
rest of the fire people got there. And I mean, they're just tearing things up. And if you've ever seen them in a real short enough fire, especially when they think somebody's in the fire, man, they're busting windows out. They're tearing things up. They're trying to do whatever it takes to rescue them. You say, what point are you making? How come that we'll have one negative thing said about us and we'll quit trying to get them in the house of God? It says compel them to come in. Do whatever it takes. Get them. Listen, beg with them, plead with them, pray with them. Do whatever it takes. You know why? Because hell is just as hot today as it ever was. And if they are lost and they die, they're going to a devil's hell. We should take it seriously and be like that fireman and do whatever it takes to get them in. Don't give up when they say no. Don't give up. Listen, when they turn their back on, just keep on praying. Listen, take it like a fireman. Compel them to bring them in. You know why? God wants His house filled. That my house may be filled. You know what I think the problem is? We're trying to get the wrong ones to fill it. Let me just hunker down right there a minute. You know what we're trying to do? We're trying to fill the house with people who don't want it. Why don't I just preach a minute? Man that went and bought the oxen. I got to go, I got to go try these things out. Man bought the real estate. I got to go see it. Man that had the wife. No explanation needed. Say amen, Johnny. She's two seats over. It's okay. Amen. Now look what he said go get. The halt. Cripple man can't plow no oxen. The blind. Blind people can't see no real estate. The maimed. They ain't going to get married. You know who would appreciate a meal more than anything? Halt, the blind, and the poor. You know what Jesus was saying? Here we are wasting time. Not wait, yeah, yeah, we are. We're wasting time with people who make all the excuses in the world who don't want it. When there's piles of people out there who would love. Now the, now the question is do we want to fill up our building with poor people apparently we do because we have amen do we want to brother base do we want the kind of people nobody else wants One of the greatest compliments Temple Baptist Church ever received is when another preacher in this town sent some people to our church and said, they're probably more your kind of people. Now, y'all think I'm kidding. Right after we started the care ministry and I was meeting all the first time, and said, yeah, we visited another church and they told us to come here. i like, what? And in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, what? You know, people say all kind of things. They get back in the care room, they get nervous, and they just say things. It's just incredible. And but, but I understand that because I get nervous around me too. But uh, 
And I just brushed it off. And I went to the gas station. And I was getting gas. And, and that preacher, they didn't say who it was, so he'd have never known. But he said, yeah, we send some folks over there. I think they'll really fit in with y'all. I said, you just send all of them you want to send. We'll take them all. Say amen. Every one of them. You realize there's more people in this, poor people than rich people in this world? There's a whole lot more poor people than rich people. I'd rather go fish in a stock pond than, than, than say amen, Brother Ken. Are y'all with me? Why are we, why, why are we worrying about people that keep saying no? Why don't we go out to that one who ain't been asked yet? Amen, Brother Meher. That's what he's saying. Hey, go get that one that can't afford no oxen. Go get that one who's at the bottom and can't do nothing. You fill my house up with them. Are y'all with me? I'm glad God is the type of God who wants anybody who's willing to come. Our type of people. What does that mean? The blind, the halt, Go into the highways and the hedges. You know what he's saying by that? That place where nobody else is looking. That's where you're going to find sinners. Too many churches are designed to try to take church people from other churches. You know, we need to get out of that. Now, I'm, I, I, I don't care who comes. I don't. But you know who I really want to fill it up with? People that have no clue who God is. You know why? Because they ain't carrying all kind of baggage. Those type people ain't going to come tell you how to run the church. You know why? They don't know how. And that person is always looking for another church. There's a reason for that. Because I can't never get along with the one that just left. I didn't really come to preach on that, but there it is. Say amen. The invitation, the desire of this invitation. God wants the house filled. He said, go get them. Compel them to come in. Then number two, real quickly. We see, we see the invitation that's offered. Then number two, write this down. We see the indifference that's offensive. Now, why did, why did I use the word in, indifference? Did you put the definition for that? Brother Barnes, if you'll put the definition of that. Read what that means. Lack of. All right. We have about 400 people in here, and, and that was four of you. Let's try this one more time. Can y'all read choir? Y'all know how to read? Okay. Can y'all see the screen? All right, here we go. Read it with me. Oh, oh, let me, let me leave, let me leave. Lack of. Indifference. People don't seem to care whether or not hell's real. People don't seem to be concerned that God gave his only begotten son. 
Indifference to what, preacher? Write this down. A. Indifference toward the preparation that is provided. This poor fellow in this story, man, he's gone out and all these people agree. And Brother Meher, he goes out and kills four or five of his best calves to provide a barbecue for these people. And now, all of them don't seem too concerned about it. They seem more concerned about something they could do the next day, which is not a real priority, than what it, now watch this, than what it cost him to make their What's that got to do with me? There's way, Miss Jeanette, there's way too many people in this world who doesn't seem to care about what it costs God to make sure they can go to heaven. What did it cost him, his only son? It cost him the pain and the agony how many of y'all ever had to take your kid to get a shot? How many of y'all men laid it off on your wives? We're there. So why did you do that, you coward? Yeah, I'm a coward. But I didn't want that doctor to get beat up. Miss, uh, Miss Mickle, do you remember right when I first got to Temple... And was it Josh or Jesse that had to get that spinal tap? Was it Josh? Little Josh. A spinal tap. That's, that's, that's just something doctors come up with to torture people. How many of y'all know what a spinal tap is? That little fella. I'm like, oh. I had to leave the room. I couldn't even stay in the room. And they stayed in, and he never whimpered. Did he whimper? He never whimpered a bit. But I'm telling you, I've been, in, I've been in hospital rooms where kids have gotten hurt and different things, and, and man, that little kid is screaming and crying, and, and I'm telling you, I'm about to deal with somebody. I'm t- I can't take it. My nerves just can't take it. Old people, deal with them. But I can't take it with little people. I'm telling you, especially mine. They're digging in there and digging in there, trying to find, I'm sorry, nurses, I know y'all can't help it, but they, y'all, they're digging in there, and, they, and like five times they stick them to try to find a vein or something. I said, man, you need to get educated and figure out what you do and learn how to do that. Don't practice on my kids. We're fixing to have problems. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? Now that, to me, I'm telling you, I can get unchristian-like. And that's nothing. I mean, that's, I'm, I'm telling you, I can get tore plumb out the front. Is my wife, Tammy, am I telling the truth right here? I'm talking about, I'm, it don't matter who they are. I'm telling you, I'm ready to deal with business. And that's nothing compared to God the Father sitting up in heaven watching His Son be crucified. Be crucified. I mean, he had to take the worst that man had to offer, and God the Father watched every bit of it. Then he had to go and turn his back on his son because he could not look upon sin. How do you think he felt about that? And then to sit there, watch people when you invite them and say, this is what Jesus has done. Would you trust him and be saved? 
Would you turn from sin and turn to the Savior for the price, the cost? And then they turn away and make excuses. Listen, the indifference toward the preparation that is provided. Not only the preparation that's provided, but the plea that's proclaimed. Can you imagine this servant? I, I compare, Brother Donnie, I compare this servant to preachers. This servant to preachers. Because, see, the father, the, 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 the man who made the supper, he is the, uh, an illustration of God the Father. And then he sends out the servant that you could type as the Holy Spirit or with preacher. What did God call me to do? Call me to preach and say, listen, Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Spread the tidings all around. Jesus saves. I'm here to proclaim the Word of God. I'm here to give the invitation of the Father that says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It doesn't matter who you are. Come now, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. God wants you saved. God wants you delivered. God wants your name in the Lamb's book of life. Oh, would you come? Would you come? Would you come? The servant goes and says, Come for now. All things are ready. Nothing has to be done. Nothing has to be paid. Nothing has to be given. The Father has taken the bill. He has paid it fully. Jesus said on the cross, It is finished. Nothing else needs to be done. All you got to do is come. And the servant pleads and pleads like the Apostle Paul. And they say, Almost thou persuadest me. Or the coldness and the lack of concern for the preparation and the plea. Preached everywhere. Preached to the points my clothes sweat off my body. Down to my socks. She ain't begging. Put tears in my eye. I don't want nobody to go to hell. Knowing what's coming. lack of concern a lack of enthusiasm you say well that's lost people well what about saved people who, who display a lack of concern for their neighbor that's going to die and go to hell where are we at there church say amen we see an indifference that's offensive and last of all what was number one tell me number one Say it again. If you're here today under the sound of my voice, I want you to know that there has been a great supper made. There has been a great preparation made. And God has given the invitation, whosoever will, let him come. Let him come. If you've never been saved, and you know who you are, You've never trusted Christ. You know who you are. So why do you keep saying you know who you are? Because the Lord's telling you right now. Right now. Right now the Holy Spirit is just wrenching your heart. You, you, you got blood pumping right up here in your Adam's apple and you think your heart has been replaced to go in your throat. 
How many of y'all saved know what I'm talking about? You remember that feeling? And you're thinking, if that preacher will ever shut up, I won't never come back in. And you will. Because the Holy Spirit will follow you home. That invitation's there, Pop. But then we see number two. Not only did we say that the invitation is offered, but we see the... Look, don't, don't, don't be that way today. Have concern about your future. Because this number three is a definite. I want you to see this. Say it with me. We see the... Now... Let's, what are we reading? What are, what are we reading? Can the Bible lie? All right, now, now look, look here, look here. Look here, verse 21. Get there real quick. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. We could, I mean, I, we, are, we are just a few moments away from lunch. Say amen. 21. Y'all, y'all, y'all ready? So the servant came. And showed his Lord these things. Then the mat, what, what color is your writing? Who's talking? Can he lie? Now the master of the house is representation of who? God the Father. Watch what it says. He showed the Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being... Did y'all read that? Surely not. Being, I seen a sign in Huntsville the other day. God's not mad at you no matter what. There are charlatans. There are hirelings running around this country and on TV who's saying God is just a God of it. He won't get angry. Now, I'm reading the Bible. Now, let me, let me share another verse with you. Let me share another verse with you. I'm going to read these, and you just listen. But I'm going to tell you where they are, just in case you think I'm lying. Psalms 21, 9. Thou shalt make them as a fiery oven in the time of thine anger. The Lord shall swallow them up in his wrath, and the fire shall devour them. 2 Thessalonians 1. You say, oh, that's the Old Testament. I got a New Testament one. 2 Thessalonians 1, 7. And to you who are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flame and fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God, and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Revelation 6, 16. And he says, and he said to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne, from the wrath of the Lamb. From the, for the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? Preacher, what are you saying? If you deny the Lord, if you make excuses for his invitation this morning, if you turn your back on what God has made to make sure you make it to heaven, if you deny the Lord, if you are indifferent to the invitation that God has given you this morning, you have nothing but anger to face. You will not face grace. 
You will not face mercy. You will not face love. You are headed for destruction. And all you have left, if you are indifferent to the invitation that's given, is the anger and the wrath and justice of the Holy God. I've got verses. What is in this indignation? It causes, A, a swift response. It causes, A, a swift response. Verse 21, So the servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said unto his servant, Go out quickly, go out quickly. Now go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. Listen, do you realize the Bible says that God will not always strive with man? The Spirit of the Lord will not always strive with man. What does that mean? I'm glad God is long-suffering. I'm glad God is patient with us. But I'm telling you this, God will cut you off. There will be a time when that invitation will cease to be given. There will come a time when God will respond. If you turn your back on Him, He will turn His back on you. He will give you opportunities. But they're coming to an end got Bible to back that up. Send away your day of grace. One of the most powerful messages I've ever heard in my life was God's three deadlines. I believe it was J. Harold Smith the priest, I think. Am I true? Is that What are you saying? God's going to invite you. God's going to invite you. God's going to invite you. And the more you turn your back on Him, you're coming that one day step. Listen, listen. That invitation may be right here. That last one, that last time, that last time that God invites you, it may be right here. That may be the day. That may be the day. But your day's right here. Your day's right here. Listen, and that preacher's inviting you. But but listen, and God is convicting you, and He's wooing you, and He's wooing you. But you say, no, there comes another day, and another day, and another day, and another day, and another day. And you think they'll always be there. Oh, I'm going to sow my wild oats. I'm going to live it up for a while. And then, oh, right before I die, oh, I'm just going to... But you realize, you realize every day you wait, every day you make excuses, every day you say no, every day you deny the Lord, you're coming closer and closer and closer to the day it's going to be gone. There was a swift response in the indignation of the man who bade the supper. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, on the authority of God's Word, there will come a day if you deny the Lord that last time. There will never be another chance. I've heard people say that the unpardonable sin, the unpardonable sin is suicide. You cannot show me that in the Bible. The unpardonable sin is denying the invitation that God has given you. Blasphemy against the Holy Spirit saying, No, 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 no! Dad had a man, Bethel Baptist Church, that would come. And while my dad would preach, and during the invitation, Brother Meher, he would literally just about break the back out of that pew. His, his knuckles were so white, he would be sweating, sometimes even be crying. But he would not move. Dad would beg and plead knowing he was under deep conviction. Dad would talk to him personally. He would, I know it. Preacher, I know it. 
but I'm not ready. I'm not. I, I. One Sunday morning, he came to church just like before. Dad preached with all his heart, gave the invitation and looked out, and he just stood there. No emotion. No response. what happened God withdrew the invitation the Holy Spirit ceased what are you saying I'm saying this if God's dealing with you today you're not guaranteed that he'll deal with you tomorrow I believe with all my heart people sent away their day of grace and there will be a swift response watch this B there was a sure rejection look at that next verse is it verse 23 brother Barry verse 23 it says and none of those men what verse is that 24 is it verse 24 put that up put that up brother Barnes read it with me for I say unto you that none of those, how many of them? None of those men which shall, which were bidden shall taste of my cup. You got verses? Oh boy. What about, what about the wedding? And, and there, was, there was those in the wedding party who were not ready. They did not have oil for their lamps. They were not prepared when the time came. The wedding party went in. They went to get old. They come back and the door was closed. And the Bible said they begged and begged and beat on the door, but he would not let them in. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. There's a great supper. The Bible, the Bible calls it the wedding supper of the Lamb. God has prepared a banquet in heaven. And he's sending out invitations. The question is, do you have something more important than his invitation? Do you got other things in this life that you think are higher priority than going to heaven? I've got oxen to, to try out. I've got land to see. Oh, I've got family issues. If your family's more important than you than making it to heaven, you're in problem. The gentleman that was with us last week, the Jewish missionary, one side of his family was Catholic, the other side was Jewish. When he became a Christian, both sides cut him off. Brother Bates, do you realize that Muslims will actually have a funeral for a family member who converts to Christianity? They will treat them as if they were dead. They will actually have a real funeral for that person. But that person has decided there's nothing more important to me than my relationship with the Creator who made me. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here today and you're lost, 